Aloha, I'm Cheeto, and I'm Christine, and you're listening to SOS in Oz. Today we'll be covering the ESPN commentator who was dropped because of a controversial comment about Venus Williams, and First Lady Melania. And in our topic of the day, we discuss whether we are too politically correct these days, and also stay tuned for our listener letter. Sports fans would know the Australian Open is underway. It'll be probably done by the time we release this episode. Chiro, did you watch any of the games? Mm, no, not really. I, I don't think so. <sighs> I think... Yawn. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all we need from you. <laughs> I read the results okay. Okay. And anyway. I get tense about it. <laughs> anyway, as many people would know, Venus Williams is back on the circuit and she did really well. She got to the final playing against her sister Serena. I know. But anyway, this story is not about Serena and Venus. It's about a commentator, an ESPN commentator, who made a very controversial remark about Venus's play in one of the games that she played. So he said, you see Venus moving in and put on the gorilla effect, charging. What? <laughs> so obviously ESPN like dropped him like a hot potato. Um, but later on, this commentator spoke out and he said, no, no, he didn't mean gorilla like the animal. He meant gorilla, G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A, oh, like in combat. like a rebel. Yes. So, oh. Chido, do you believe this? <laughs> no. <laughs> you're not even going to give the guy a chance. I think if you're a commentator, you should know there are some words you don't use, particularly if a person of a certain race is playing. But he didn't mean gorilla. Yeah, I know. But there are certain words you should refrain from using if you're a commentator talking about a certain person of a certain race. (laughs) Yeah, it was totally his bad. Uh, So I don't blame ESPN for dropping him. I personally don't buy it. I think he meant gorilla like Harambe. <laughs> just because, like, why would you, like, why would you just say, like, like a soldier charging? Yeah. Or, like, I don't know, something else that charges, <laughs> not uh, a gorilla. Oh, oh, yeah, just, okay, so just no animal comments, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, poor guy, he's going to be out of a job for a while, I'm sure. Uh, yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so Chiro, tell us what's happening. Uh, well, yeah, so as we all know, there's a new president, 45th president of the United States, uh, President Lord. Trump. Mm. But this is not about him. This is about his life, wife, a first lady, Melania Trump. Uh, I feel really bad for her because she's just being put under the spotlight in a position that I feel she didn't want to have. And people on the internet are just going in on her. I don't care. 
Michelle didn't necessarily want to be first lady, but she, but she, she handled she actually, it with grace. She went along with it because she was like, okay, if you're going to run, I'll run with you. I feel like yeah, Melania, so did Melania. I, I feel like she was more like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, I'll humor this, but not actually have to be first lady. She was so... That's not what she said. <laughs> but she was... She looked so nervous and uncomfortable. Yeah, the because everyone hates time. them. <laughs> so... So obviously she's not going to be comfortable with that. I mean, uh, more people showed up for the women's march than they did for the inauguration. Okay, that's a whole nother discussion. But I'm just saying like, okay, so what? Do you think people on the internet should keep going at it? or? I think people should express their opinions. Yeah, but it's hurtful. <laughs> no one was saying that when Michelle was being called an ape. Um, yeah, actually I was... Very- like happy to just go at the Obamas. So I say, you know, I was not happy with people going at the Obamas. If I'm not happy with people going at people who are just kind of like bystanders. Okay. She's not a bystander. She's first lady. She's standing by his side. <laughs> bystander. She's first lady. It's what okay. you sign up for. It's yeah, but I don't think for. that's what she signed up for initially with the marriage. I don't think that's what, like, there's some people who are already in politics and then they met their wife or like after whatever, but you knew that person wanted to go into politics. Doesn't matter. I don't think there was she, a conversation that was held. Well, she knew that he was ready for you president. Do you think she could say, oh no? Yeah. I think she could have said no. Okay. And then, and then what? And then they'd have to get a divorce or something. Maybe. It wouldn't be his first. So. Well, no, but maybe she quite likes being married. So then she has to take what it comes with it. Like, but this, this I'm is not condoning cyberbullying, but I'm saying call out Melania when she's, when she's wrong. Like when she copied the speech. Michelle's yeah. That, speech. Okay. That was fine. But like inauguration. Okay. <laughs> but like, you know, like fine. We made fun of her then. She made fun of herself. Okay. Donald Trump made fun of her. Okay. Everyone made fun of her, but it's just like the whole like inauguration. She's just looking very solemn and, because it is a sad occasion <laughs> for for the world. I mean, with everything that's happening with the EPA, okay, the ban on Muslims. Like, I'm sure. I feel like Melania doesn't support her husband's policies. I don't think she does, but she has to be there. Yeah, she has and to she be there. She looks unhappy. It is what it is. I just say, leave the woman alone. She, she's fine. She has she's to a work, rich lady. She she's fine. Work it, she'll work it out. You know, maybe she can help other women with something. <laughs> Anyways, no, I don't gonna, okay. I don't have any go animosity towards Melania. Well, doesn't seem okay, like it. But anyway, if she's gonna be copying yeah. speeches and stuff, I'm gonna call that out. I called. I talk about something else. But anyways, we'll move on to our topic of the day with our guest. Another explosive topic. So guys, yes. stay Are tuned. Are we too PC? Yeah. And we're back, and today we have a very special guest joining us, our cousin Pam. Yes, I know, another cousin. <laughs> we have a big family. So welcome to the show, Pam. Hi, Pam. Hey, guys. How are you doing? All good in Sydney. How are you? Oh, so yeah. jelly. I love Sydney. Oh, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know our weather's better than Melbourne. Let's not pay hate. True. Very true. But and our I, food let's is let's, let's not get into it. Like. 
Anyway, so what we're talking about today, um, we're talking about political correctness. Mm. So this has been a little bit of a hot topic recently, uh, given that Donald Trump is now president of the United States. And a lot of people have been talking about what happened on the campaign trail, mm-hmm. um, being that some people felt like they were silenced by the liberals and they couldn't really speak their mind on a number of issues. So when Donald Trump came up, a lot of people gravitated towards him because they said that he wasn't PC. He wasn't into that. So what do you guys think about that? Do you think that we are now too PC? Chido? Might start oh, with you. are we starting with me? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, gee, well, you know, it's hard to like, I don't know, I guess to be one side or the other. I think in one way we're making progress and being more respectful to other people and, you know, respecting people's rights and trying to not offend people. But on the other hand, as some people who may have been Trump supporters said, like, you know, they felt silences that we're not hearing what other people's thoughts are. So then they just kept there in the dark. And then when they get the opportunity to make a change that might affect many people, then they come out in their masses. And it's kind of like, I feel like if, if maybe we could have heard what they thought in some capacity, we would have been able to engage with them more. Mm. Either so, if they had come out beforehand without like Trump being a big figure to sort of say it first, then people would have thought that, oh, those guys are racist for saying that or thinking that. And so I don't know. I think it's a sort of tricky one because maybe with the political correctness, we almost border on also, if it's in America, then taking away people's freedom of speech. So if you're so politically correct, then you're not allowed to say what you want, then it takes away your freedom of speech. And I think Trump came out and he was like, okay, this is how a lot of people are feeling. And I'm just going to be honest. Wow. Yeah, wait. It's questionable whether he's honest (laughs) in any capacity, but uh, I get what you're saying. Um, I think we have to distinguish between like hate speech and like expressing your opinion. Because, but is there a difference? I guess that's what people are saying. They're saying that the liberal elites are silencing these people who are just expressing their opinions or because it's hate speech. But the people, like let's say the right wing conservatives are saying that no, we're just expressing our opinions. Yeah, it's difficult. But like you see, again, like I feel like even if you look at the results, like it was, it was still a significant proportion of people who, um, voted for Trump, whether that was because they didn't want to vote for Hillary because she was a woman or whatever, whatever, whatever. I just still think, like, I'm not alone in this opinion that because we never got to know what other people were thinking, we were in this safety bubble. We were like, of course, everyone thinks people should have equal rights. Like, of course, everyone wants to make the world a better place. And then we just kind of missed it. And I'm not saying like talking to those people will absolutely change their minds, but at least it would have been, at least we could have tried to, you know? So we we wouldn't have been so blindsided. Yeah, we wouldn't have been blindsided. We would have known what to prepare for. We would have known who's on our team, who's not on our team. Who do we need to try get into our team and try to see why do they think that way? Because there's usually a reason behind people thinking that way. Is it just because they've never met a black person before? Mm. Maybe. Well, that's, <laughs> that's interesting because talking particularly about race... So what type of racism do you guys prefer? How do I I know prefer prefer is is a weird way to phrase the question, but do you like your racism open and out and loud? 
or quiet and stealth? And I think both are just lame. I think that it's one of those things of just like how to behave in public. There are people who you can see that, okay, that person would never hang out with a black person or an Indian or Muslim at home, but in a work environment, they have to act a certain way because of the laws that govern that work environment. So you sort of, like as in, yeah, so you can see maybe when you bump into them into the shop that they're not really that friendly or the way they behave. But then as in, can you blame them if that's what they believe? So like, like I think in Australia, especially, there's that sort of, it's not open. Everyone can sort of be polite. So there's that politeness. But then behind the politeness, there's the how people really feel like Pauline Hansen, who just say it. And who, who does have followers? That's the thing. Is and she's also becoming popular. So that means people will feel a certain way because of the situation that's happening. I don't think you can change their mind that okay, there are more migrants coming to the country. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. But I'm asking you from a personal perspective. Do you prefer to know openly that that person is a racist? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I prefer that. I think that person is being honest and they're not going to do some surprises. So I'll need to stay mm-hmm. away from them. Sneak attacks. Yeah, exactly. So it's like better to know that, mm, okay, this person does not like black people. I'm not going to try and go be friendly with them. I know the hellos and good mornings stop there at work and we just work because that's how that person is. And I think going back to the presidential thing, I think that's why people prefer Trump because people know what they're dealing with. It's better to know like okay, this dog is crazy and I have to sort of make a fence around it. <laughs> There's sort of this dog that pretends to be friendly and then one day it bites you and you're like, what? So I, I think that's, yeah, I prefer that. So Chiro, do you also agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I actually do. Like having, well, not really experience the outright like race. Oh yeah, okay, you know, there's some people. <laughs> and then coming to Australia where it's very much like you never know who's racist. Like they're just some people who have racist tendencies and you're like, I'm not sure what's going on here. Like, and I don't know if this applies to other minority groups because like I'm like, I would rather know what you're thinking, and why, more importantly, why do you think that? So, okay, so you guys both mentioned that you'd prefer your racism out in the open, right? Uh, but, so does that mean that we're giving people a license to just say racial slurs and all that kind of stuff? Like, where do we draw the line between letting people have freedom of speech and freedom of opinions and to express themselves and really offending yeah, people? Yeah, that's a hard part. And I was yeah, going to say that there's part. a difference with having your preference. Like I was going to say, my statement before was having your preference and then also saying something that's derogatory against someone. So that's that's the difference. As in, I think we mistake that and we group the two together. And some people can be fine and they follow the rules at work. But if their preference is, for example, uh, socially and outside of work, I don't hang with these sort of groups and that's just my preference versus that person's a gorilla. So um, I wouldn't want someone calling me a gorilla to my face so I wouldn't accept that. But I'm saying as in someone who would be like, okay, they don't want to hang with me or whatever, because that's just, they're not comfortable with that. Then that's different. I wouldn't be offended. So I think there's that line where people are allowed to have their preference while respecting the other individual. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's You a- hit the nail on the head. <laughs> so eloquent. And also the reason why. I also want to know why do they think that way? Yeah. 
I don't really care if why. To I be do. <laughs> I do because it's like sometimes if, it's not a logical reason. Yeah, though. if it's illogical, then it's like oh well, like you know, we have an opening. I think it could be based on so many different and varied reasons. But I think the most important thing is that, like, yeah, as individuals, we live in a free country. You're allowed to have that choice. But then you're also not allowed to break the law. I mean, as in if you break the law, there are consequences. And one of the laws is obviously don't have any hate speech or, yeah, make openly racist comments or treat anyone like in a disrespectful manner. Now, I'm also curious to hear about what you guys think about uh, some of these uh, safe spaces that are popping up on college campuses, university campuses, and students demanding trigger warnings before um, like lectures that might have some potentially controversial language or subjects. Now, some people say that Gen Y, us millennials, are just too oversensitive and we need to get over it. And we need to stop having safe spaces because the world is not that bad and <laughs> trigger warnings are dumb. So I was just curious to hear what you guys think about that. Do you think that it is becoming overbearing to an extent? But what, what exactly is the safe? Yeah, what's the safe space? Yeah, well, it's like... My understanding is that it's like areas, yeah, like that are designated, yeah, yeah, like like where you can go, LGBTQI, yeah, so where you can feel safe to be only black space, women space, yeah. So isn't that just promoting segregation again? (laughs) You know, that's (laughs) the argument. Yeah, so that is the thing. Like you know, people like this is becoming ridiculous. It is. (laughs) <laughs> like because then there's no safe space like you're gonna go out into the real world and have to like unless it's a safe space like after you've come out of the train and walk down the street and you're like i just want to go into this room and like be myself you know and like put on pink lipstick even though i'm a man or something and not get looked at but the truth of the matter is you're gonna have to deal with that like in the outside in the real world anyway. yeah so I, I don't get what the yeah like I, i'm still trying to think so can someone who's not part of a group go into that safe space and it'll make it dangerous or what prefer not to it's like it's just like unwritten laws that you shouldn't go in if you're not part of a group that group Mm. i don't really know too much about safe spaces to be honest i mean i get why we need them because again i think we're like in this transition phase of the world maybe once the world becomes more accepting then there won't be such a need for them. But then for now, because there's a lot of conflict, anger, blah, blah. Like, you know, let's be honest. I have never seen anyone in public put down someone who's homosexual or lesbian. or oh, oh, I've seen that. It happens all the time, though. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 But there are a lot same of... same with, like, the racism. Like, people... Racist to people on the train. Yeah, of course. Like, look, there are going to be people and those characters in the society who are just undesirable. But um, I'm saying in general, like, is in, and and that's what I'm saying is in. So with the spaces, it's like, okay, in reality, you might have to deal. Like, let's say, us as blacks or someone who's gay, in reality, has to deal with some discrimination because there are going to be people out there who are disrespectful. But like, creating a safe space, I sort of think that that's unrealistic because the people who are out there are going to be out there, and safe space is like your home. You've already got a safe space. No, home is not always safe for everybody. Yeah, I suppose that's the point of the safe spaces. 
but also like, like things like trigger warnings like in class like I, I think on the reel yeah. they were talking about To how, Kill a Mockingbird yeah To Kill like, a Mockingbird seriously? was pulled from the curriculum because of the use of the word nigga um, you know but that's how people talked back in the day so it's kind of like also in education, like where do we draw the line? Because like some students are demanding that professors tell them or say trigger warning for this lecture, blah, blah, blah. Should professors really have to do that if you're teaching? Well, I guess it depends because if it's like, for example, if it's with the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders and their history, if they remember what happened and it's still quite recent for them, then it could be something that invokes you to get obviously upset and affected by that. And so I always think that it just depends on the person and depends on who's delivering it as well. Because if you think, okay, that's a white professor who's reading out an N-word and I'm not comfortable with that because then everybody's sort of, I mean, especially if you feel the only one, for example, who is black or the only one who's Muslim and they're talking about terrorism and you feel like you're gonna have eyes on you or, or like a silent white elephant in the room type thing. I, I get that feeling a lot because I'm the only black person in my department, floor, building, maybe even. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because like we were watching... 10K radius. <laughs> yeah, we were watching a TED video and they were talking about intersectionality and it was about gender equality. And he mentioned like a black woman. And everyone's so, like, Christy. Yeah, and I was just like, I just wanted to cringe. I just wanted to be invisible because there's a lot of pressure. But I don't think, for me... If I'm in a place where I'm learning, I don't really think that prof- a professor needs to say trigger warning to me. Like, I feel like if I'm in a class about the history of, I don't know, Zimbabwe or America, I know already that there's going to be some, you know, understanding what happens with civil rights movement and, and et cetera. It's not all going to be sunshine and roses. No, what yeah. I mean, like, I guess it depends. Like, I sort of feel like, especially here, there's a whole lot of like people don't want to know some of that history. So maybe that's why I sort of feel like that's the trigger because some people don't want to know what their great great grandfathers did or who they killed and raped, and that also they don't want to be associated with it. So I guess that's why I think it's one reason why they'll warn people because some people, for example, it can go in the reverse. The same way people look at you like, oh, the black person, or do you feel the same way? It's the same people we could look and be like. Hey, all you white people, is, is this how you guys sort of, uh, you know, think when that's not how they think? And I think it's a way of sort of dissociating yourself or, you know what I mean? As in yeah. you don't want yeah. to be yeah. likened. So I guess that's why they would put that trigger that, okay, we're having this lecture. And if you don't feel like hearing it again or having eyes on you, then yeah, you don't have to come. Yeah. Mm. I don't mind trigger warnings. Like what, like, you know, you can do whatever, but what Obama was saying the one time at a university talk is that, that universities are sometimes becoming too censored to the point that you don't even hear other people's opinions. So censorship is something I'm, definitely worried about especially in an educational institute that people again like when we're going back to political correctness will not hear the other side yeah and it stifles debate you guys will say that but then that's exactly what donald trump like is and that means we should also allow him to say what he wants because that is a way of people learning in history i don't know i agree with what pam said at the top of the program i agree with that Um, too about preferences and you know expressing your opinion but not being hurtful and disrespectful yeah i think that's fine yeah you know what let me tell you one thing 
It's so funny because I'll look at our culture and I'll think, geesh, like where we're from, it's so normal to be open and upfront and people just give unsolicited. I'm just talking about family, for example. Oh, they yes. can be like straight up, hey, you're looking fat these days. Whereas if you're here, you wouldn't be able to say that because you're offending someone. And whereas in different cultures, it's like, oh, yeah, geesh, thanks for saying that. I noticed that myself. But and you can have a conversation <laughs> about it and maybe that person can do something about it or they won't do something about it but it's recognized and people are very open and honest whereas yeah there's that and i'll call it fake and i I find that's also the issue maybe lots of people repress and just pretend a lot so there's a lot of acting and acting gets tiring so you can't even be honest and say you know what you mucked up in that position and you should have done abc and it's all not being honest it's just about being polite I definitely feel you on that cultural differences. And I feel like I have some friction with my cultural background and um, the experiences I have now living in the diaspora, because when I do go back and someone tells me that I'm fat, I don't take that too well. But people are like, what's the big deal? Why have you become all softy mushy? That's what they'll be thinking. They'll be like, oh, you know, Australia's changed you. Why are you all sensitive? <laughs> yeah. Because of feelings and emotions and people's mental health and stuff like that yeah and you know what um i laughed at my mom the other time because when she was here she was like oh you know like you guys spend too much time talking about these emotions and i'm unhappy whatever because back home if you've got an issue like yeah we're too busy things need to be done and you have no time if you're sitting around and moping too much that means you've got too much time on your hands you know and so they look at it very differently and sort of like deal with all of those things in a different way instead of someone regurgitating the same sad story over and over again they've got a different method of dealing with that it's not that mental health has never existed but i guess we've had a different way of coping with that i think in our culture it's like tough love you get smacked and it's like oh because i love you whereas here it's like no we don't smack and we also have to make sure that we use this language and sometimes, yeah, I, I don't think that works. Ah, it's hard. Well, we are running out of time, so just want to thank you, Pam. Just want to thank you, Pam, for coming onto the show. I think this was an interesting conversation. Um, so yes, listeners, as always, send us your thoughts. You know the email address: sassyandossos at gmail dot com. Alrighty, so it's time for our listener letter. And this week we have a letter from Michelle from Brisbane. So she says, Hey sisters, I'm Michelle from Brisbane. I've been going back into the archives and found your episode about interracial dating. I met a guy. I'm black. He's white. I really like him, but he seems obsessed about the color of my skin. Like he says things like, you remind me of chocolate. Should uh, I be worried? Um, well, first of all, hey, Michelle. Hello. I would say, yeah, that's, that's a little disturbing. I think it sounds a little bit like he might have a bit of a fetish, but it depends on the extent of how much he focuses on your skin color and, mm-hmm. you know, does he really treat you like an individual with like actual interests and a person? opposed to an object. I think that's really what it comes down to. I don't know, Chido, what do you think? Do you think this sounds like a guy who's fetishizing a black woman? 
I would say a little bit because like there was this incident <laughs> that I had the other time. So like I was just walking to this event and like then I know I walked past this guy's house, right? And then like um I was almost down the road and like you know I got maybe two three hundred meters and then he ran and he caught up with me from his house. He'd been drinking and listening to loud music, whatever. But he abandoned what he was doing on Sunday afternoon and ran down the street and he's like, hey. Are you Ethiopian? Do you want to come to the pub with me? And I was like, whoa, that is weird. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's weird, but <laughs> I think he was just looking for a line, you know, and if you're um, come up <laughs> I was like, no, and I went across the other side of the road. But anyway, that doesn't answer thinking, the question. <laughs> I think it answers the question because I think it's a little bit weird if someone's approaching you and the first thing they want to comment on is whether your race or your nationality or like, or if they're trying to pick you up and your color, your skin color and likening it to inanimate objects. And, well, I mean, that's fine. I mean, you can call someone chocolate tone, but if it's kind of said in a creepy way, it's kind of <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the other side of the story, I guess, is like, maybe this guy just hasn't had a lot of experience dating people outside of his race. So he doesn't know not to say things like that because it can be weird. And maybe yeah. he really just does like how, you know, brown skin looks. Like I've said before, I, I am partial to brown chocolate. skin tones. <laughs> so I can definitely understand why he'd be attracted to that. But yeah, it's it's weird because like, you know, some people might feel pressure to just date within their own race. And then when once they do break out, they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, <laughs> they're like a kid in a candy store and saying all the wrong things and touching everything. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I would say proceed with caution. But yeah, proceed with caution. Girl. Yeah. If, you don't want to be an object, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. today's show please hit the subscribe button in itunes and leave us a five star rating as always you can find us on social media twitter facebook soundcloud and youtube just search for sos and ask thanks for listening and until next time bye, bye.